I'm Sean McCormick, and this is Optimal Performance. Your endocannabinoid system, both in its structure and its needs are going to be different than mine. Inflammation, sleep, pain, anxiety. Take your genetics, biohack them to look at eight different markers to see what your body's going to do with CBD. Some fascinating research came out from the Oregon State that talked about how CBDA and CBGA tied together prevent the protein spike from attaching to the human cell and can, in fact, fight versions of viruses such as COVID. That, everyone, is Scott Schwab. He's the co-founder and CEO of a company called Net Naturals, and they make in my experience, the most powerful and the most effective CBD products in the world. And I've tried dozens and dozens and dozens. These are the best, bar none. He knows his science. He's got a farming background, so he understands the importance of soil quality, what's in the products that you consume, where they were grown in the field in Oregon. This episode is as comprehensive an episode as I think I could do on the topic of CBD and the other cannabinoids that are available for your optimal performance. And in case you missed it in his little clip, what they do at Met Naturals is they will pair your genes with appropriate CBD products and delivery systems. You know, there's lots of different ways to consume CBD to nourish your own endocannabinoid system so that you're less anxious, so that you sleep better, so that you have faster recovery and lower inflammation. And what he does is he will pair products and types of delivery systems for your specific genes. I found out that I am a ultra rapid cannabis metabolizer, which means that any time that I take a CBD product, my body is running through that stuff that's using, it's metabolizing it really quickly. And I think the potential for people to understand that their genetic makeup will lend itself to better or more specific CBD and cannabis products. Man, oh man, super exciting stuff, like core biohackery stuff. There were so many elements in this interview that blew my mind, which is why I'm taking a little bit more time with this intro today. You can get 10% off if you go to metnaturals.com. That's M-E-T-T naturals.com and use the code OPP. You know, most of the episodes that I do with discount codes are OPP, so just kind of keep that in the back of your mind. I will say with total honesty and enthusiasm that I use these products every single day now. I use the roll-on for sore muscles. I use the tincture under my tongue a couple of times a day. I use the cream for uh, achy joints. I bathe in the CBD salt, um, salt bath. I mean, they're incredible products. You know, one of the things that I came to understand is what I'm doing is pressure testing these products. And I have a lot of product companies on the podcast because I want to be able to give people access to the highest quality products with the highest level of integrity and consciousness as possible. And so I'm excited to bring to you this episode You're going to learn a ton about the endocannabinoid system and how cannabis works. This is going to be a super great episode. Ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, Scott Schwab. Welcome everyone to the Optimal Performance Podcast. My name is Sean McCormick. I'm a life coach, performance coach, wellness entrepreneur, and it's my pleasure to bring to you every single week the world's leaders in the field of performance. 
so that you can live your life at its most optimal level. Plus, cutting edge ideas so that you can stay ahead of the curve in an ever-changing world. Let's dig right in. And we're here with Scott Schwab, who's the co-founder and president of Met and Met Naturals. Scott, welcome to the Optimal Performance Podcast. Thanks, John. Appreciate it. I'm a big fan. Uh, when it comes to CBD products, how, because there's a bunch out there, right? Can you walk us through the importance of, of understanding from soil to the finished product that goes in my mouth? Yeah, great question. And I would tell you that it's the most important thing. And uh, we kind of come, we're cut from the same cloth, right? That data is everything. And so if you don't have data on your soil, how do you know that you don't have heavy metals in the soil? How do you know that there's not herbicides, fungicides, pesticides? Because all of the soil has some type of property, even down to the pH level. So what we do is we test it down to the billionth particle so that we can signal that, hey, this is the right field and this is the right variety for us to grow within this field. And then it gets extended to some of the state testing because the states are going to do their own certificates of analysis. And those need to support what actually is in that field because oftentimes, and people may not be surprised by this, but you'll see COAs that are doctored. They don't match the same field. They don't match the same location. And so when coming into this industry, we determined right out of the gate that we were going to be the best at transparency. And so when you pick up one of our bottles, we have a QR code that ties to a batch and a lot. Now the batch and the lot is just how we break up the field, right? So I can tell you within a square foot of where your product was grown. And we put that in place so that if there was ever a recall, we could recall those batch or that lot quickly, but it also extends to what care we put on that field and who actually was the farmer or the farmer hands or, you know, our help in getting the uh, crop to a point of harvest. And then I would tell you the next essential stage is storage. Um, oftentimes mm -hmm. people don't see how important that is, but um, the plant, when we take it out of the ground, has about 12% moisture in it. Think of it kind of like hay. So it still has water in that plant. And the CBD plant or the hemp plant is naturally already, you know, pretty, uh, it, it, its makeup is a lot of water. And so if you don't store that properly, like meaning cure it, hang it, and uh, take care of it the way that it should, what you're going to have is you're going to have mold. And so when we do full panel testing, we're, we're testing the microbials and we'll test eight different uh, tests or signals that tell us, Hey, you know, how wet is this plant? There's no moisture detected because we've cured it right. We've hung it. We have storage facilities. We're pretty fortunate where, you know, they have the uh, big fans on the top. They have air coming through the ground, air on the sides. So our plants are not wet. And that's a big thing when it moves into extraction, because a lot of people just think, well, just, you know, put it in ethanol or put it into CO2 or butane or any of the petroleums and you'll soak that out. But I'm telling you, mold remediation is pretty difficult. And what else are you stripping out of that plant? So for us, we use extraction methodology that is just basically pressure and heat. So think about a hyperbaric chamber. 
that's how we extract our oils out of the plant. So there's no water, there's no oils, petroleums, gasolines. It's just the plant and the goodness that's there already there. Because surprisingly, we don't have to do a lot to the plant once it gets to a certain point. The plant is brilliant and it can do a lot of its own work itself. We just got to care for it the right way. Hmm. What made you want to get into cannabis? There's so many products out there. It's competitive. You can find it everywhere. What on earth made you want to go in and say, no, we're going to go in and we're going to do this right? Yeah. Great question, Sean. Um, the first came because of my upbringing. I was uh, raised in a really small town and I was one of those kids that moved pipe every summer. And in the fall, we did spud harvest. I'm an Idaho kid. And then every fall we did grain harvest. And it, it was just something that became a part of you. And, you know, when you're a kid, you don't enjoy those, you know, jobs. But as you grow older, you start seeing how farmers really struggle to make it you know, small farms are going away, corporate farms are coming in. And the sustainability of small little towns that make us who we are is disappearing. And so we felt like if we could find a sustainable crop, both in what the oxygen it puts up into the air, it's a huge benefit from, you know, a carbon negative perspective, but it also regenerates the soil better than any other product or any hmm. other plant. And so when we started looking at it, it was really the science of it because that plant is incredible. So it new, uh, nourishes the ground and puts the oxygen into the air where we can avoid some of the deforestation that's going on. Like we can replace a lot of the processes or we'll call supply chains currently that are, you know, really causing the earth a lot of challenges but extend that to the economies and communities of these small towns, farmers need to do well. And so that was number one for us is the sustainability. Number two is uh, I was paralyzed when I was 15 years old. I had a disease called Guillain-Barre and Guillain-Barre, what it does is it eats away or dissipates your myelin sheath. And without myelin sheath, your nerves are exposed and they start to die. And so they treat you with heavy steroids. Mine was called gamma goblin, but uh, it's all signaled by bacteria. And so I had Campylobacter jejuni. And what that did is that started this like feast inside of my body that ultimately ended up as an autoimmune disease. And so as I started looking at some of the options that I had, I, I could take Tylenol and I could take, you know, ibuprofen and manage the pain that way but then I'm destroying my kidney, right? Or I could take opioids, which were a little bit more intense, both synthetic as well, but then I was dealing with the heavy addiction. And I lost a sister in 2013 to an opioid kind of battle. And uh, for me, my personal why is one, I don't wanna be on any type of synthetic ever for long periods of time. And number two, I don't want to see uh, any other family have to struggle through what some of these families have gone through. And so my personal why is I really truly believe that through receptor therapy or through using the CB1 and CB2, we can get people into a homeostatic, homeostatic or homeostasis um, position where their body is working for them and not against them. So the background in farming, the, the cultivation and stewardship of this planet, 
the production of chemical alternatives for pain management all kind of said, okay, cool. Yeah. I'm going to go in. I'm going to go all in on this thing. I'm going to make it happen and I'm going to do it right. Yeah. You said it way better than I did, but yeah, Yeah. that's exactly right. (laughs) This episode is brought to you by Spartan Race. See, the truth is I don't even like running. You know, I played college soccer, but the running part I didn't love. But I did and I do love the feeling of pushing myself and giving my training real purpose. And that's why I have Spartan Race on the calendar. They're the perfect test of all around athleticism. They have 5Ks, 10Ks, they have even half and ultras, but with obstacles along the way. I've never done one of these, but I am super excited to go push myself to the next level of performance. If you want to change your life with one simple move, make a public commitment and put a date on the calendar and let's take on the Spartan Race together. We're putting together a team for the Seattle Spartan Race, which is August 13th and 14th. And in fact, I'm actually getting my kids involved too. Super excited for this. Super excited to have Spartan sponsor the Optimal Performance Podcast too. So here's what you do. To join our team, all you need to do is post a video or a photo of yourself training for your Spartan race and use the hashtag Spartan training and tag at Spartan and tag me at real Sean McCormick and send me a screen grab and I will give you free tickets to the race. Okay, back to the episode. You know, I, I, I do want to get into the science a little bit about CB1 receptors and CB2s. And and, and so I, I kind of want to go slow because for the listeners of this podcast, I've done I've done CBD episodes before. I, I believe that Met is a little bit different and the level of accountability, the 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 vision, the conversations that you and I have had about what your uh, what your mission is as far as for helping people is something that I really resonated with. I guess what I'm what I'm kind of curious about is maybe walk us through a little bit about how CBD products work in the body. Uh, you know, homeostasis is such a big buzzword, right? Like your body knows what to do when you give it the right things; it knows how to increase function and and nourish. But I, I'm just I'm super curious if you could <laughs> if you could explain it like to a third a smart third grader about how taking in exogenous CBD nourishes our endocannabinoid system. Uh, I just, I'd love to hear how that works. Yeah, you bet. Um, And I'll take an attempt at that. Um, So our bodies really thrive off of specific enzymes, nutrients, supplementation. We've learned that over the years through, you know, the science of what our food actually is doing. And it goes back as early as the food pyramid, right? I don't think that they necessarily got that right exactly, but there's certain elements like calcium, magnesium that we need inside of our body. And one of those is something that responds with what you said, our endocannabinoid system, because it's so crucial for function within our body. It's so crucial for the messaging. And so when we think about pathways within our bodies, we can think in terms of a computer or a phone. And I'll use a phone because all of us have one. But when we click an app on our phone, we don't see what's going on in the background. All we know is that Instagram pops up or LinkedIn pops up. And it's delivering to the phone or to the viewpoint what application we're searching for. 
So in the body, when we're searching for something like uh, function, cognitive capability, um, we're going to be searching through this receptor system known as the endocannabinoid system. Now, think of that as your mainframe, right? <clears throat> well, what we farm is a hemp plant. And cannabinoids are found in other things like kale. They're found in echinacea. Like they're in other greens. And so this isn't the only plant that has them. It's just one of the only plants that has a rich orchestra of all of your cannabinoids. And what I mean by that rich orchestra is you can take a CBD, but that's only one cannabinoid of 113 identified <laughs> cannabinoids. Now, when you pair that with flavonoids and terpenes, what you start to utilize within this body or within our bodies is a whole plant connectivity between the phytochemical or the phytocannabinoid in the plant and the endocannabinoid system. So it starts to go to work on things like inflammation, pain, sleep, anxiety, because what happens within our bodies is when we get into a flow or into a kind of a, a system of doing things, our bodies naturally find workarounds, right? Like say for instance, I didn't sleep last night or I didn't sleep for a week or even worse. And you know, a reality for some, I never sleep. I get a couple of hours a night. Well, what's going on inside of the body? And some of that's our food. Some of that's our lifestyle. Some of that's like what type of technology we're bringing into our bodies, like what we're viewing. And so if we're going to take this from a holistic perspective, we have to start managing the systems or at least helping the systems. And so one of the things that we feel most passionate about is sleep. Because if you get a good night's sleep, you're going to recover, your body's going to naturally repair, and it's going to be prepared for some of the stresses, anxieties that naturally come the next day, right? But if you don't sleep, what you have the next day is anxiety and stress that comes, but it starts to break down our system or systems. So we start getting sick, or we start getting tension headaches, or we start getting these things that we're like, man, my body doesn't feel right, right? And a lot of people explain their health in terms of how they feel. And so with the receptor-based, you know, feeling system of the endocannabinoid system, that's how we can relate that, right? Is sleep is such a, an important function, but so is inflammation. Hmm. Inflammation is one of these items that really is just the precursor to a whole lot of other things. And I learned that from you. And so when we're like thinking about what inflammation is, yeah, it's not just a cut or a bruise or a sore knee or a sore back. Our gut inflammation is killing us because it's destroying our stomach lining. But now we know that emotional health and mental health is tied to what our stomachs are processing. And so if we've got inflammation and we can resolve that inflammation through phytocannabinoids and through balanced diets and through things that we should be eating instead of all the processed food that we all eat, um, then we can start making, you know, little incremental shifts in our diet, which then affect our minds, which then affect our sleep cycles. And so if we'd start dealing with these on a day-to-day -day basis with the appropriate nutrients, enzymes, then we're putting our body in the best position to be able to function quickly. Like we all love the experience of an apple. It's just so intuitive. It's just so great. And then you've got other phones that try to do that, 
but to get somewhere, you have to have five clicks. So I tell people like, think of it as your phone. We've all had those phones that just didn't function the way that we would hope. And then think of the best phone that you've ever had. And that's our system when we're feeding it consistently with endocannabinoids. Interesting. I like that. I think that that makes it accessible for people that that sort of that functioning. Uh, that's a cool way to think about it. So what are some of the other 113 uh, CBDs, CBGs, CBAs, and, yeah. and what are in some of the some of the products? And how do you choose to distinguish between or, or, or to, to add in or keep these different um, these different ingredients? Yeah, great question. Um, so a lot of the cannabinoid library or cannabinoid orchestra have specific functions that we don't fully understand. We spend a lot of time on PubMed just so that we can understand the research side of it, right? So your CBDAs, your CBGA, some fascinating research came out in February uh, from the Oregon State that talked about how CBDA and CBGA tied together prevent the protein spike from, you know, attaching to the human cell and can in fact fight versions of viruses such as COVID, right? And uh, so that's pretty fascinating when you think of the acidic base of any of these cannabinoids, because think of it in terms of they also have an acidic uh, aspect to them that is more present at the plant and at the crude oil stage than if we isolate all of these out because you burn off all your acids. And so CBDA and CBGA, they're not present in a isolate. They're just not there. Hmm. And even in a distillate form, they're not as strong as they are in the crude form. And so that gives us the sense of, okay, when we're creating products, what cannabinoids do we want present? And how do we cover up certain unsightly tastes, right? Because you take the wrong CBD, it's like Chuck Norris just round backhand roundhoused you right to the face. It's like, you just are like, holy cow, that is so like, that's strong. And so what we've tried to do is we've always tried to use, again, natural products. So we use orange rind, we use lemonade rind, and we're taking those natural flavors and enhancing even more the terpene profile. Because everything that's growing out of the earth or everything that's coming from the earth has their own terpene profile or flavonoid profile. And so as you start to pull these things together, and if you do it in a meaningful way, you really start to solve some of these challenges that people go through. So for me, tinctures are great because they access your mucous membrane underneath of the tongue. So if we hold it under the tongue for 30 seconds, what happens is that CB1 and CB2 receptors start opening up and our pathways, it's delivered nearly instantaneous. It doesn't mean you instantaneously feel something, it's just you have instantaneous delivery, right? Um, smoking is another way that people sometimes will access that quickly because of the way that we inhale it. It just goes in quickly, right? We're not on that side of things, but ultimately I just kind of want to give people an idea of like quickness into the system and maybe uses. So the tinctures are great, but it, the thing about the endocannabinoid system that's interesting is all of ours are very different. Your endocannabinoid system, both in its structure and its needs are going to be different than mine. And so it's not uncommon to have people take our products and one use them for one function and I use them for another function. 
And it's just based on how different our systems are or our genetics are. And we've got some exciting work that we're doing on that side that we really are excited about customizing people's plan or their care. And so for the time being, what we're really working on is making sure that we have the right flavors with additional terpenes and that we're keeping everything as, as organic and natural as possible. Because what your endocannabinoid system does is it gives you what you need, not always what you want. Mm. And people sometimes get a, a, you know frustrated with that, like, I want sleep, or I want this, or I want that. Well, what does your endocannabinoid system need? And what are some of the other factors that we're dealing with? Because I don't have a magic bottle that I can give to you and solve all your problems. But if we work together, we can actually find solutions for you to get the better sleep, to get the better, you know, um, reduction of anxiety and even pain and inflammation, which our company is very passionate about the research. And so we've done the research. We've done a literature review where we reviewed 5,000 papers from PubMed about sleep and energy and metabolism. And for us, it's just tying the dots together for customers so that they don't have to go out and do all the research. Um, but it's also pairing that with what the endocannabinoid system naturally needs. So CBD is a big one, right? It's the most prominent generally um, cannabinoid that you're going to find. But we found that CBG is tied to immunity. We found that CBN is tied to sleep. And so when you're looking for a specific remedy or a function, start looking you know, more intently at your cannabinoids. And you won't find that in an isolate. And so what I tell people is like, you know, even if you're enjoying your CBD experience, if you're taking an isolate, you only have one cannabinoid. And mm -hmm. so naturally you're missing out on other aspects that could be helping your body. So we believe very strongly in the full and the broad spectrum, full being with THC under the legal limit, and then uh, broad spectrum being remediation that removes the THC or T-free. And so with that, Tinctures are a great candidate for quick delivery. Uh, pain cream uh, or the creams or the lotions, they're very good for topical pain relief. And what we've also found is that you can have these spots on your body that has an access to the pathways. Let me give you an example. Hmm. So feet have over 200 zones in the, the bottoms of your feet. A lot of feeling, a lot of connectivity specifically to the earth. A lot of people will go barefoot and make sure that there's some type of a connection with that they have with the earth. Um, for us, what we recommend is if you're not wanting to ingest it, put it on the bottoms of your feet because your body will distribute that through the CB1 and CB2 receptors through the pathways that naturally are accessed in your feet. One thing I learned from our, a customer is she said, if you ever have start getting sick and you're feeling it in your lymphatic system, she's like, put it on your armpits. And I was like, oh my goodness, I didn't even know that. And so there's different points where people are going to feel it, you know, in an enhanced way, but we've found that the feet are one. Uh, we found that a lot of our clients are using it for their uh, female clients are using it for their monthly cycle because it cuts down on uh, bleeding. It makes the cramping go away and gives them an overall sense of, uh, of relief or mm. you know, not feeling their periods as hard. And so some of is these that, things, go ahead. Is that with the topical or with the tincture? With the topical? Uh, both. And, both. And so where would they, where would they put the, the topical? Yeah, on their abdomen. Wow. Yep, hips and abdomen. Wow. 
This episode is brought to you by BioPro Plus. Hormones are essential for optimal performance. Every year after puberty, your ability to create growth hormone decreases. And it doesn't matter how good your sleep is, how good your diet is, how fit you are. The fact is you can be experiencing chronic fatigue, body fat, low libido, poor sleep, just from having your hormones out of whack. That's where BioPro Plus comes in. It's a 100% non-synthetic growth hormone supplement, and it will not shut off your own growth hormone creation, which means that you don't have to be on it forever and ever, like some testosterone replacement therapies. BioPro Plus is the type of product that Olympians have been using for decades and decades, and now it's available to you. All you have to do is go to bioproteintech.com and use the code OPP for $30 off. I've been using BioPro Plus for about six weeks now, and I feel more like myself than I have in a long time. I'm sleeping better, I have more energy, my mood has enhanced. I know that this product is gonna be a game changer for so many people. So go to bioproteintech.com and use the code OPP for $30 off. I can attest to it. Being the biohacker guy that I am and having access and trying all these products, you know, tons, tons and tons of, of different products for, for performance. I had high hopes when I started using your products, but I was also trying to be reasonable. Like, let's not, let's not get overexcited about this because this may or may not help my wife sort of impending arthritis, you know, in her, in her hand, this may or may not help my son sleep faster at nighttime. This may or may not help the soccer injuries that I've accrued over, over the years. And it's strong and it's effective. My wife is a uber skeptic. I'm, I, you can imagine all the different things that I have. I'm like, honey, try this here, take this, you know, rub this on your thing or put this weird thing on your head or, you know, but then I just like, give me your hand. And I rubbed it on her hand in the evening time. And within 15 minutes watching Netflix, she's like, I said, how's your hand? And she's like, it's, it, it, it. oh, oh, actually feels really mm -hmm. good. She woke up the next morning, not sore. So I, I can attest to the strength of, of the products you know, I, I could go on all day about that stuff, but, but it's clear that, that yours, that, that the Met Naturals products are different. They do appear to be stronger. They taste better. They're very effective. I've done the salt soak, you know, after a hard workout, uh, the bath salts like shockingly effective. And I know through talking with you that the testimonials substantiate, you know, over and over and over how effective these, these products are for people. Um, so I'm all about it. I'm all about it. And you and I share that mission that, that we should not be relying, uh, on chemical interventions. We should try other things first. Like if ultimately if you have to take this or have to take that pharmaceutical, because it's the last ditch effort. Okay, cool. Go ahead. But, but I think that we, it, we owe it to ourselves to explore these other options I don't, I, I can, I can hear the listeners going, wait a minute. Did he say that there was a study from Oregon state that talked about spike proteins? I know that we don't want to make outlandish claims here and, and that's, that's not my goal, but I feel remiss if I didn't address that. Can you elaborate a little bit more about what that Oregon state study found? Yeah, very, uh, thank you very much. Um, so Oregon State had been uh, studying alternatives to how we were going to manage both the, um, the bacteria viral side of, of COVID and other types of um, 
I guess, bacteria that ultimately is going to attach to a human cell. And so what they studied is cannabis in general. And what they were doing is taking all of the different types of cannabinoids. In some ways, they were isolating them. In other ways, they were doing kind of the orchestra of the full and the broad spectrum. And their studies were conclusive in saying specifically CBDA and CBGA, those two together really block the protein spike from attaching to the human cell. And that's what the research is and was. And it, it was really interesting because that study came out and then multiple other studies were released at the same time. And within a week, Pfizer made a major, major announcement in the space, which was, hey, we're going to put money towards developing um, cannabis or cannabinoid medicines. And so it was all within a very short amount of time and uh, happy to send you the links if you'd like, but we really liked the Oregon study or Oregon state study because of its uh, double blind uh, qualities. And then also making sure that the study was done over a multiple month, a year period of time, because, you know, you can find whatever data points that you want to find. Ultimately, that's what statistics is. But what we wanted to find was something that was totally neutral and somewhat, you know, uh, challenging because of the polarity of which people look at, you know, COVID-19 and some of the other aspects. And uh, what we want to do is just give the information, mm -hmm. decide what's going to be best for your health, because, you know, there's differences there, how we approach this. But at the same time, what has been shown within this study is that those two cannabinoids paired together, keep different bacteria from attaching to the human cell. Hmm. I remember uh, following some people on, on social media who, when, as soon as that study came out, immediately went out and said, cannabis cures COVID. And it was like, whoa, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know, the, the BS meter goes up. But the fact is, is that if the research shows it and it falls into the category of couldn't hurt kind of stuff, then in my mind, just like vitamin D underneath the tongue, if it can fall into the same category as, hey, here is a supplement to a high quality diet with, you know, other lifestyle factors that will keep you healthy. This is the type of thing that could actually help you immensely, could protect you, could make a big difference in how you experience symptoms. I'm glad we circled back around that because I, 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 we just can't, can't ignore it. Well, and I appreciate you bringing that up as well. It's, it's kind of like some of these other supplements or we'll call them enzymes, nutraceuticals that people take, right? Magnesium, it's found that, you know, 70% of Americans are deficient in magnesium. Well, magnesium is tied to holistic health and immunity and overall wellness, but yet that's a nutrient that not everybody knows about, right? I would put this into the same category. You know, fish oils is another one, you know, lubricating your joints and making sure that your body is functioning and that there's a specifically omega-3 the messaging is, is very intact with the mind and the body. Those are the types of things that we need to do for our research, but we still need to test them against our own specific, uh, you know, experience, because I wouldn't tell anybody like, Hey, this is going to cure this, or this is going to help this, but Hey, you find out what's going to be best for you. And again, one of your earlier podcasts that I love is this idea about, about being our own champions around our healthcare. 
and about what's best for us, because it's going to be different for me than it is for you, Sean, but we need to be open to some of these botanical remedies that have been around for a long time, but maybe categorized in such a way that we've looked at them differently. Um, so that's what I would say is a kind of a follow-up. Yeah. I mean, what, what's the, what's the George Washington quote, the, the Indian, uh, the Indian sativa plant shall be cultivated across from, from coast to coast that like they know we've known this stuff and we can, we can forego the, uh, the demonization of the cannabis plant and the, you know, the CIA and all that stuff. Like we don't have to go there, but, but we do know that natural remedies sometimes get suppressed when you follow the money and figure out what sort of special interests are involved. And, and, and I believe that we are still just super early in the adoption and the understanding of the power of this beautiful, incredible master plant. I'm kind of curious and maybe you could share this or maybe you don't want to, but what, what strains are you growing out there in Oregon? Yeah, great question. And I'm, I'm happy, you know, we're a pretty open book. When we started growing in 2019, we went way overboard. I'll be honest with you. 500 acres your first year. Any of you that are listening that are farmers don't do it. It's just way too much. <laughs> it's so much work. Um, but we, do, we, grew a couple of different strains. Uh, we grew berry, we grew cherry, we grew Obama, we grew Stormy Daniels, we grew um, Bubba Kush, and we did Box and then Trump. And so we tested all of the different varieties that we were, I guess, curious about and had access to and ultimately have really migrated towards a Bubba Kush. Uh, it just grows really well. The terpenes are very piney, so it enhances the flavor in our opinion. Um, but then we've also tried, like last year, we grew CBG and we grew Eva's Gift. And so there's a lot of these strains that are really great strains that aren't going to make your product hot. Because some of the farmers, when they start growing, they're given seed that's already hot. So ultimately it has the what, genetics. Yeah. What does, what does hot mean? Yeah. Meaning it's above the legal limit. And so farmers have a very of, hard of time. Th of THC? Yeah, correct. Okay. So if a farmer files and he's going to be a hemp farmer, an industrial hemp license, right? And he goes into this thinking, okay, well, I'm growing hemp. And ultimately the seed or the strain that he got is already kind of pushing that 0 0.3 or 0.35 as it is in Oregon level you're going to have a really hard time keeping your plant under that legal limit. Hmm. And once it goes into the hot range or too much THC, no longer will the hemp uh, license be good for what they're trying to do. And so states hmm. have been a little bit, uh, some are better than others in going and working with the farms and saying, Hey, listen, we've got a, you know, transfer this over to a medicinal license or a medical marijuana license at that point. But I'll be honest with you, it is so new and so fresh that most states don't even know what to do with it. Mm. And unfortunately, then farmers have to destroy the crop. And so back to that kind of sustainability of farmers, farmers really need to make sure that they're listening to all sides of the story and not just taking somebody's information like a broker and saying, hey, listen, I'll take care of everything. Just buy these seeds, put them in the ground. Because that really is what is happening. When states open up, 
I, I predict that Idaho will be that state this year where they just mm. legalize the growth of it, that you're going to have a lot of people talking to farmers like, hey, will you grow hemp for us? Here's your seed. You just take care of the growing and then we'll take it from there. So they pay for that seed, but ultimately never, nobody ever shows back up to take mm. care of the plants. And there's very little instruction on there. So it, it's a challenging thing because when we jumped in in 2019, there was over 800 licenses in the state of Oregon to grow hemp. And uh, now I think that there's less than 80 uh, farms that are farming it. So it's been obliterated, but it's because so many farmers really had a hard time growing it. But even when they successfully grew it, the industry really had, the bottom had fallen out. And so where do you sell your stuff to when manufacturing and extractors, they're not buying it. Hmm. And when they do buy it, they're going to charge you 10, 15 cents, uh, or excuse me, 10 to $15 per pound to extract it. Well, then farmers are having to leverage all of these things. And so uh, our motto is low and slow. If you want to grow hemp, start with a low amount, see if you have the, you know, the chops to be able to grow it and see if you know how to do it. Uh, definitely spend time in the field, weeding the field, making sure that you're not getting males because male plants, they'll pollinate up to a 16 mile radius. And then again, all you have is a seeded out field or a field that gets hot. Hmm. And so those are some of the things like uh, warning signs to the farms make sure that you've got a certified seed and that you've got COAs and a full panel as much as possible on the seeds that you're planning to buy. Hmm. Awesome. All the farmers out there listening, you know, take some notes here and I cannot help, but (laughs) chuckle at the names, you know, cannabis, the (laughs) sense of humor. I, I just imagine you in some uh conference room at headquarters saying hey let's let's try stormy daniels <laughs> next to obama and trump uh let's just see how that goes you know it's like the little a little humor around these these strain names is, i've always loved that dude it's so funny is there anybody that shouldn't take cbd yeah there is uh, there's people currently right now on medication. Um, Harvard posted a list of medicines that currently don't respond very well. Um, and I can send you that link, but yeah. not everybody should just jump in. I mean, a lot of people are talking about it. We see it in gas stations. We see it in different places. I, I would definitely get an opinion of somebody who you trust from a holistic perspective or from a medical perspective, you know, your practitioner, your clinician, I would get their perspective. I really, truly would, because ultimately we're relying on our medical professionals to be able to give us a guide for currently what we're taking or maybe what we're not taking, right? And so if you're not taking any other medicine, you're, you're safer than those who are taking a lot of medicines. With that being the case, though, uh, Sean, we've heard from multiple, multiple of our customers who are saying, hey, just so that you know, you've helped me get off of every single medication that I'm on, mm-hmm. or you've helped me drop three of the five that I'm taking. And we hear it all of the time because the body is naturally going to start working and functioning in a way where systems and receptors are firing again. And so 
the use of some of these synthetics that just aren't needed. And sometimes people bounce from synthetic to synthetic to synthetic. And, you know, again, under a doctor's care, that's, that's much better, but I, I tend to believe that less medicine or less um, pharmaceuticals is better for a body just because we don't fully always understand how the pharmaceutical products or for how the uh, medicines are going to work within our body. And there's a great part to synthesize medicine, right? We've got dosing down, we've got certain aspects that now we know how much to take, which sometimes is, is one of those frustrations for people is like, well, how much do I take of this CBD or how much do I take of this gummy or how much do I, and, and those are things that can be answered from a genetics perspective rather than from me saying, hey, this weight is going to be respond best to you, right? I don't know how you're going to metabolize it. I don't know how much is bioavailable to you. Those are questions that we need further research in. But uh, you bring up a very good point. I wouldn't rush out just to grab the next thing. I would say, hey, take some caution in it. If you're already taking a CBD product, we'll put our brand up against anybody just as far as efficacy and flavor because of its purity, it's more bioavailable because it's organic. You're going to feel more of the plant. So you don't need a whole lot. A lot of people, I think, think they need to take a, a bunch. And one time I was in Tri-Cities and a customer came in and she's like, I'm, I'm kind of hesitant to take your product. And I said, well, why? And she said, the last stuff I ordered online, um, the dosing said 10 milliliters uh, per dose. And I'm like, no way. And she's like, I've got it in the car. She brought it in. Direction said 10 milliliters per use. And I was like, holy cow. And she's like, I got sick. I was, you know, vomiting violently. And I'm like, how can companies like this even exist? Like, I was so like, just baffled. And so don't feel like you've got to take a tincture bottle and take the whole thing. That's so, that's not wise you know, start with 0.25 milliliters, start with 0.5, like you make your own determinations. And maybe a good guide is, well, if I've got a headache, am I going to take one Tylenol or am I going to take two or more, right? Because then you start to understand what your system is used to. And I would rely on, on that. But at the same time, don't be afraid to experiment because all you're doing is putting a phytocannabinoid in your system and ultimately it's going to work itself out of your system mm -hmm. and it's not going to be synthesized for days and days and days like some of the compounds that we're putting in our, our bodies with opioids or, or with synthetics. So be, be uh, trusting enough in yourself that you can make good decisions but I would tell you that cannabinoids, they're found in things like breast milk, right? And they're <laughs> found in kale and they're found in, you know, products that we're already taking. It's just in a different compound mix. And so to your point, no, not everybody should take it, you know, consult with somebody that you trust, but also trust yourself. Yeah. Go slow, take it easy see how your body responds, you know, especially when with the application, you know, the wide application and everybody's different. So they're going to respond differently. And, you know, I might want it for sleep, but I've noticed that it helps my digestion. You know, I might want it for nausea, uh, but it actually found that it, I, it helped with uh, pain relief uh, because that's what my body really needed. Um, 
Yeah, I like I like the idea of of going slow and sort of ramping up. If you take too much, does your body just excrete the the excess? Yep, it's kind of like uh, our bodies naturally produce creatine. The additional creatine that we need, it just it isn't utilized, right? Protein's the same, right? We take protein and we don't use it all. You know, our bodies are just going to get rid of what it doesn't need if the body is functioning correctly, right? Mm -hmm. If you've got all sorts of inflammation and other aspects, like your body's not going to function the same way. But yes, ideally. I also know, and and I don't think everybody knows this, that CBD also works for pets. Yeah. Tell me about, tell me about that. I mean, it makes sense, but you know, (laughs) tell me how how that works. Yeah. Pets and all uh, mammals. If you've got a dolphin, it would work for dolphins too. (laughs) But ultimately, I I mean, it's any uh, organism that has an endocannabinoid system and many of our domestic pets, you know, dogs, cats, and even horses, there's a a big market there for people within the CBD, you know, endocannabinoid scenario. And so for us, we've got a bacon flavored tincture that really helps with like things like mm, pets that are in a kennel all day, right? And they get really hyperactive or they get anxiety, pets that can't sleep because of that same anxiety or because of old age or whatever it might be. The the compounds within the endocannabinoid system, again, are going to be helping with the relief of anxiousness, with sleep, with pain and inflammation. And then it extends to some of the other aspects of just like immunity and wellness. And, you know, so if your pet is an older pet that has like hip dysplasia, a lot of our customers with older pets get it specifically for that. Um, but it, it, it responds to the joints and the muscles, and that's where that inflammation pain piece comes in. But like I have a puppy that'll be uh, one next week, and he's a terror. Like, like he'll run around, he'll bite things, he'll chew on things, and it doesn't matter how much I train him, he'll chew up a shoe, and I'm just like, holy cow, like what are you doing? And so what we do is we just put it in the food and we're going to see a much more chill Arlo than if we Mm. don't. So (laughs) nice. (laughs) I like that. Please walk us through this process of submitting like 23andMe data and then getting a a custom report for for products. I'm fascinated by it. Yeah, it, and so are we. And you know, many ways, in many respects, it's very new, right? But we all know that genetically tying into nutrition or aspects of customized health, personalized health, is a real thing, right? And so we're just choosing to look at eight different markers to see what your body's going to do with CBD. So I kind of uh, refer to it as CBD 2.0 because CBD is just putting a product out there and seeing if it works or not. And some are great, some are not others. You don't know where they're, where they're working. And that comes down to the quality of the product. Right. But we believe that because we're already genetically aligned with the seed, with the soil, with the plant and how we store it protects the integrity of the plant that we can have those phytochemicals or phytocannabinoids uh, available when we put them into our body. And so like you talked about potency and efficacy are, are really good and really strong with the Met Naturals products. But on the other end, we've had customers who sometimes will be like, hey, it did nothing for me. 
And there's, I hate hearing that. I, it just mm. bugs me, right? <laughs> and yeah. so we always, uh, like the uh, researchers that we hope to be as we, you know, dig into it. And there's lifestyle aspects. There's, there's different lifestyle uh, things that are going to prohibit you from being able to sleep, regardless of what type of a sleep product that we have for you. Um, but the main thing that doesn't lie is genetics. And so if we can pair with you or partner with you as, you know, a, a provider of information, what we want to do is we want to take your either previous report from 23andMe, Heritage, and Ancestry, and we want to pull new markers because your genetics, they've already been pulled if you've already used a, a system or another company. And when we pull that data, we're just going to look at how you metabolize CBD, how your social anxiety score is with CBD, you know, how you're going to utilize it as a bioavailable product, how sensitive you are to alcohol, like an alcohol sensitivity DNA marker. And the reason that we do this is because a lot of times CBD products, they're going to have trace amounts of different aspects for your body, right? For your sleep and for your metabolism, your metabolizing of it, uh, your skin, your health. Like those are the things that we're interested in because those are the things that really kind of lend to a good lifestyle. Mm -hmm. When you've got healthy skin, when you've got healthy body, when you've got healthy mind, when you're sleeping, when you don't have stress and anxiety. So our goal with this is to uh, provide better health, but to provide better health, really the ultimate way to do that is to take your genetics and then map them or biohack them to the nutrients, the enzymes, the nutraceuticals and specifically the endocannabinoid system in your body with the phytocannabinoids that are coming from the plant. And that's why we try to keep the whole plant as part of every step of our, proce uh, of our process, because what that will do is that will say, hey, Sean, specifically for you, you need a little bit more of this. Your sleep scores aren't great. So for us, it would be an indicator where, where I would say, hey, Sean, you should take our sleep product because it has CBN. And specifically, we put in chamomile and lavender rather than using something like another synthetic or another something like uh, melatonin, right? Our bodies mm -hmm. already produce melatonin, but if we get too much melatonin in our body, our bodies stop producing it. Right. And so it, it's kind of like, and then it interacts with our serotonin levels. So for us, it's more about, um, hey, let's not disrupt something else just simply by trying to solve something, right? And so for us, that genetic information, that data pairs really well with the plant and that, you know, connecting of two genetics, plant and person, we can start really getting to some meaningful data that will help you as a consumer. Yeah, uh, the report that I got, I was floored by, uh, you know, apparently I have three related genes. I'm looking at the report right now while we're talking, and I have three related genes that suggest that I am an ultra rapid CBD metabolizer. And I thought, whoa, okay, so that, what, I'm like, what does that mean? Sort of looking at you know, the suggestions here for someone like myself who has the CYP3A4 and the CYP2C9 and the other one that, that suggests that I'm this ultra rapid metabolizer, what, 
what does that suggest as far as frequency or uh, or dosage for for a guy like me? Yeah, you you want to look at it in two different ways. And thanks for bringing up your report. I mean, ultimately, because you process it so quickly through your body, it'll be in and out quickly. And so, in when you're trying to have long lasting relief you don't want to be the guy that's taking three, four, five, like shots per hour, right? Or I'd say tincture shots or tincture droppers. You would probably want to take something that's in the timed released category, like a capsule, because mm. it's going to release as your body needs it. And it's going to be released throughout the day. So a slower, you know, delivery system is going to be better than a tincture. Now, it also suggests that if you're coming into something that doesn't feel right, maybe it's anxiety, maybe it's stress, you know that you can actually just put a tincture, put it under your tongue, and you are going to get really quick response. Mm -hmm. Whereas for some people that really metabolize slowly, that won't work. And they've got to have something earlier in their system for some of these things that are coming up, like public speaking, right? That's not something that you struggle with, but say somebody does. If they metabolize slowly, taking it right before they jump on stage isn't going to work. It's not mm -hmm. going to do anything for the thing they're hoping. But if they took something in the morning and potentially took it another time, giving their body a chance to respond to it, then they're going to have much better results when that time comes of the potential stress or, you know, uh, anxious time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I this it it's it's fascinating to me because I've I've done uh, I've I've done podcast episodes dedicated. Uh, Dr. Sina Razvani sat with me, and we just he's a you know, genetic coach, right? So he'll just sit down and say, Hey, you got these things. You got to look at this stuff. You got these things. These are good, but you know, you need to be aware of your propensity for, you know, colitis. You got to be aware that, you know, your sleep is this, or your, uh, you know, susceptibility to stress is, is why. And, and for, for me, for a quantified sort of person that wants to know, I want to know, like, what do I have that's going to pair nicely with, with what product and at what frequency? Uh, I just, I just see this as such a distinguishing feature of what you guys are doing at Met Naturals. The report makes tons of sense. It shows, you know, slightly increased social anxiety for me, slightly higher stress tolerance, um, you know, I need extra sleep. So pairing that with the different delivery methods for different, um, CBD products, it's just that this takes out the guesswork, right. And, and everybody's, everybody's different and they may, but the, it takes out the guesswork. We're like, we, we know this about you and here is a, the best, best solution that we can provide you for this time. And I think that it would, I think it would empower a lot of people to go in with data-driven decisions about how they take it, when they take it, et cetera. Do you happen to know how quickly a metabolizer you are? I do not. I uh, have not taken the test yet. Well, what are you waiting for? I know, right? <laughs> um, so my wife, we just ordered her a kit. So I did Ancestry a, a year ago. So I'm going to do the version that uh, you did, which was, hey, I already have a report. Um, that's something that I'm going to do this week, but, uh, ultimately I don't have the data yet, but luckily enough, it's quick, you know, it, so it, it, 
It's very quick. And I, <laughs> it's very quick. And, and I know you don't want to promise people results this quickly, but like I had mine same day, um, which is incredible for me to have that sort of empowerment and, and to be able to see like, yeah, you could benefit from this. You, you know, you, you metabolize ultra, ultra rapidly. So, you know, having it a little bit throughout the day uh, has really helped me um, sort of manage my mood and, and stuff like that. It's just, I, I think that it's, who, where did you come up with this idea? Cause I'm, I, who, who thought of this? Yeah, it was kind of just a collaboration with our team is like, what can we do more? What can we share with our customers that is going to give them an insight into who they are? Because we started looking at our own data and we were like, why does it work for some and not for others, right? Why is it that some people respond to it so well and this is the best thing that they've ever done? And some people are like, meh. And so that was really the driver, right? And then the other part of it is this is so new. We talk to lab after lab after lab after lab, and it's just not a technology that's available to everybody. And then even if the technology is available, it doesn't mean that you're going to be pairing your products really well with the data. And that's where we felt like we were so well positioned is because We've got this seed to shelf response or this seed to shelf supply chain, and now we've extended it to seed to sell. And, and part of this is making sure also that on the back end, we've got really great customer service, right? You're an educated guy and you are going to understand that report really well. But one of the things that we've been working on for the last six months is making sure that the follow-up to the report is really dialed in. So that if in the event that there's a chance for somebody to get additional learning, how can we give that to them? And so we've been developing out a system of response and follow-up, which is, hey, do you need any help with your uh, looking at the data? And mm -hmm. as we do that, we're going to give people far more value than just a report. And I think the report is a great place to start. And we launched that report in February, but ultimately there's far more coming. I mean, and you'll understand this very well, but the dream uh, scenario is an ERP that, that uh, provides this data, which is not only what we can give, but what you already have. It also includes reports that we're not currently doing, like a blood analysis, a urine analysis, mm -hmm. a stool analysis. All of these have markers unto themselves, which will give us a, a more clear picture. And so what I would tell people is that there's more to come, but if you can be patient with the data that's coming, you are going to have your mind blown uh, just as far as what you can learn and tell from your body and how it responds to cannabinoids and full and broad spectrum. And so for us, it's making sure that we do it right step by step, rather than just releasing something that we don't know anything about ourselves. Mm. And so the other thing that we've spent a lot of time with, Sean, is making sure that we pair it nicely with different enzymes and different nutrients. And so like somebody who's really frustrated or, you know, having issues with their hormones, right? Hormones, hormone balance, hormone, just frequency and, and consistency of how they feel. Um, what we found is that ashwagandha pairs really, really nicely with people who are having some of those hormone challenges. And then people who are having kind of that brain fog and that like lack of clarity, well, guess what? Turkey tail is really great. 
And not only that for cognitive support, but omega-3s. And so what we've really done is we've dove in to the other nutrients that are going to pair with CBD because CBD does not solve all problems, right? And we know that, but it is such a good indicator of what else can be helped or repaired within the body. And that's why we're so passionate about this direction, but it's going to take some time to get it really right. Yeah. So that's something that's coming down the path is the, is the addition of additional sort of adaptogenic compounds paired with the different products. Yeah. We've got the, the recommendations down for this initial pass, but when we get more and more data, it will provide us a really clear picture as to what a person is going to need every time. So Mm. You know, data collection is just going to make us better for the things that we need to provide with our customers. Yeah, well, and and you and you and I are on the same page here about you know the the future of health optimization and hopefully medicine. I think I think medicine will follow behind the sort of biohacker uh, empowered sovereign individual that wants to know, manage their data, know their stuff, see their blood work, see their hormone panel, you know, like that is going to take off and develop, I think way faster than the medical paradigm, the allopathic paradigm that, 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 that will aim to be more and more custom to where the person is now you know, obviously it's, it's part of the platform that we're rolling out here shortly. Um, so I think that the, 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 the sovereign empowered and, uh, with it kind of individual that wants to know all the details and all the data and have the best stuff so that they can go live their best life. That, that is the future of, of health and the future of medicine. And so when, when I first heard that you guys were doing, uh, pairing genetic reports with, with different delivery methods and the different types of products uh, that you guys carry, I thought, man, that is that is totally different. That is super cutting edge. And now to hear you share that you're looking at other compounds, yeah, ashwagandha makes sense. So many of these adaptogens that can either bring you up if you're low or lower you if you're too high um, to bring you into that homeostatic sort of Goldilocks zone of, of performance is, uh, is just super encouraging. And yeah, well, this, this leads me to my next question. What, what is the mission of, of met? Like what, where does this go? Yeah. Great question. I mean, again, it comes back to our whys or the problems that we were trying to solve initially. If we can create a formula for growth that allows for better sustainability, meaning less acreage to grow more product, Um, And then also supporting the farmer in where they're not going to be losing money to grow it. Because as you and I both know, there are so many applications here and a lot of them are on the material side. You know, let's stop the waste and make sure that we can use something that can be grown in 90 to 120 days and have a stronger compound within concrete, within wood, within, you know, insulation, batted insulation, like we really have a future there that isn't, isn't fully being realized. And, and we want to help realize that. Can I jump in? Are, are you yeah, suggesting, cause I, you know, I've, I've gone down the hemp rabbit hole for sure. Like I've done, I've done, are you, are you saying that, that 
that potentially getting to the point where not only are you using it to make these products, but then the, the, the shag or, or fibers that come from that processing can be used for building materials or paper or et cetera. Yeah. Ooh, that's cool. That's the amazing thing is because every bit of this plant can be used from the root ball to the stem and stock to what, the herd. What, what do we use the root ball for? So you would use that for like nutrients, like you could grind that up and put it into some type of like a hemp heart mix or a hemp grains or a hemp protein. Uh, you've got so much protein in that root ball. And huh. so you would use it in some of the hemp-like products because you don't have the mature or developed uh, cannabinoid profile like you do up in the flowers and when, in the cola and the leaves. But the stem and stalk, because of its fiber properties, you've got so much strength mm -hmm. in the, just the stem and stalk. But inside that stem and stalk, what do you have? You have herd. Herd can be used for both nutrients on the animal and life science side, but really very effective for humans as well. And there's so much going on. I mean, I've heard from people that they're working on structure that is going to help the strength of rebar. I've never heard that before, but it's like, if we can start improving from the, the, fiber, the fiber, we'll call them molecular structure, and enhancing some of the products that we have and mm. reducing all of this waste and, you know, building materials that never pan out. I really believe that hemp is the future of a lot of different industries from mm -hmm. cars to, you know, the way in which we develop furniture, the way in which we build homes, the way in which we you know, ultimately provide for ourselves with like clothing, you know, textiles is big as well. So we yeah, want to be on the forefront of that. You Ooh, know, I like the sound of that. That's so cool. I, I, I didn't, I didn't know that was part of the vision, you know, Scott, you just impressed me even more. You know, the, the, the original Ford model T was built out of hemp and, yeah. and people don't, people don't know that, you know, the, <laughs> money the you know the first the first legal tender was on hemp um you know again well why did we stop well because some people owned forests and they did a deal with the newspapers they own the forest and the newspapers and they got co-mingled and kept it in house and and the, the regeneration speed for you know the sustainability is just so obvious and so now we're just waiting for you know, regulation and legislation to, to catch up with what we already know, but, but it's, it's, it's even more encouraging for me to know that there are companies like you who are seeing the whole picture, the entire spectrum of this, this incredible plant that we know the it's, it, you know, it'll feed you, it'll heal you. You can, you can ride on it. You can build a house that's antifungal, antimicrobial, that's keeps you cool in the summer and warm in the winter. Like there's just so much opportunity there. So, I mean, it begs the question, Scott, like, is the, is the plan as I know that low and slow is sort of the mantra that I'm picking up on, which uh, is refreshing, but it, let, let's say things go well and, and uh, regulation changes and opportunities to expand, you know, continue to come your way. Uh, is it more acreage and more grows and more applications of the whole product? You know, like where does it, let's say everything goes well, 
and legislation supports the the mission. What does that look like in 10 years for you? Yeah, great question. And uh, one of the things that we've been testing uh, is a different type of growth. And we've been doing it the last two years, but you'd be uh, shocked that our first year of planting 500 acres really was about, you know, two, 3000 seeds per acre, right? We're now utilizing about 40 to 50,000 seeds per acre, and we're just growing it in a different way because we've got to learn to grow this like a commodity so farmers can be successful with it. It's not a boutique product. If we're going to really be industrialized with hemp, we've got to be able to grow it a different way. And so uh, we can now grow in 50 acres the same amount that it took us to grow in 500 acres. And it is incredible what we have learned and what we've seen, but we've got water issues this year, right? We've got water issues across the country. It's getting drier. And so we've got to find ways to be more sustainable. And part of that commitment from us is finding better growing practices and also more sustainable practices for our farmers so that they can actually grow it and have it like hay, right? Because there's a lot of equipment that's going to help with that process. We're not all going out and swathing it with our, you know, rakes anymore and with, you know, the hand labor. It's just not, you know, our economy. But if we can do that with machinery and still keep the integrity of the plant, uh, man, we've really done a lot, not only for the earth, but for the farmer and then the end user because we keep the cost low. Because that's one thing that oftentimes people will say is, wow, why are you so much cheaper? Why are you so, you know, uh, low below the, uh, the average? And I'm like, well, one, we don't have to tie in any brokers. We don't have any third middlemen or people that are coming in to say, hey, we'll place it here. We'll take it there. Everything is seed to shelf. So we control all of that process. And in doing so, we keep the cost low. And we also want it to be available for everybody. We don't want it to be something to where only a certain category of people can afford it. I mean, ultimately, costs will go up just because experience needs to be enhanced. And we need to be able to deliver more to the customer. And so uh, it's not going to be like huge increases. But what we're going to do is we're going to make sure that we protect the business so that the business can be successful, but also protect our customer. And part of doing that is making sure that we have the best data and with that data, the best results for people on an individual basis. And then also from, you know, the world side, which is the, the farming and the agriculture. Hmm. For someone who's listening to this right now, who says, yeah, like, like what he's saying, I, I can do, you know, they can go do their own research and, and look at some of the, some of the claims that you're making and look at the FAQs on the website, et cetera. Uh, um, what would you have people do? What would be their first step? They're like, yeah, I want to try it. This sounds, this sounds good. Sean likes it. You know, Scott seems like a stand-up guy. I want to, I want to dip my toe. Maybe I've tried CBD products before and I, they were okay. Or maybe I have a product, but I'm not, I don't love it. Like what, what would, what would people's first step be? Yeah, I think it's knowledge, right? I would want everybody to look up the endocannabinoid system so that they understand the basics. And it, it's 
sometimes it can get pretty scientifically heavy of what the endocannabinoid system is and what it's going to do for the person. But I think it's important to understand what that system is inside of your body and to know that that's an actual real system. Because mm -hmm. sometimes people are like, I've never heard of that. I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. I want you to know what that system is. So just do a little bit of reading on that. And then your first product, in my opinion, should be something that's topical if you've never taken it, because you're going to be able to start feeling some of the benefits of soothing and relaxation. Like a lot of people have tension, they have stress that they carry in their necks or in their back or shoulders. Use our, our pain cream to put it on your shoulders and your back and see just how well it starts to work with your muscles and your joints and anything that's sore, right? If you have taken a product before, I would, you know, your time to get comfortable with our product is much quicker because you are, are already using the product. And I would just say, compare us with anybody that you're currently taking and both in efficacy, flavor and results. And I think you'll be pleasantly um, surprised. I think the uh, we're really on to something with this sleep category. We've sold out of the product both times when mm -hmm. we launched it uh, two weeks ago. And then when we refilled our stock last week, we've sold out every single time it hits the website. Wow. And so the chamomile lavender mix with the CBD and CDN is really helping people. And again, we have the data because we tested it on the Aura Ring, we tested it on the Fitbit. And what we're finding is that people are getting a deeper sleep and they're getting more REM sleep. So they're waking up more rejuvenated the next day. Mm. And so that will be our, our top selling product just because like within the last two launches and, and we do pretty high MOQs and like they are selling out. So I, I would say if you struggle with sleep, our sleep category is really, really dialed in. Um, I think all of our products are, are quality, but if you haven't tried it and you're curious and want to try it, I would start with the topical, either the roll-on, uh, the muscle roll-on or the pain cream. And then if you are a graduated or, you know, experienced user, you can use the, uh, the tinctures or any of the other products. We have some good face serums that uh, ultimately will uh, keep wrinkles away and, uh, you know, limit the redness and the facial oils that a lot of people will get. Because CBD naturally is a uh, oil regulator. And so putting it on your skin is going to help refresh your skin. And also the yojaba oil gets deeper into some of those, um, you know, wrinkles that are a little bit more permanent. But for me, one of the things is I, I grind my teeth at night and I wear these little retainers. And just when I wake up, like the tension that's already part of my day, but I, I've started to rub it on my, my, uh, my jawline and hmm. I'm not waking up with those like headaches or those tension, like my, I've been clinching all night. Right. Mm -hmm. And so that's another product that I, I think is really, really effective, but that's what I'd say as far as where to start. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. I, again, I can attest to the pain cream. You know, my, my wife would reluctantly give you the, give you credit for the quality, <laughs> the, the, the efficacy of the product. Again, like she's this excellent skeptic. Um, I get enthusiastic to, to try these things. Um, uh, and, and, you know, my eight-year-old has a tough time falling asleep and has for a while. And 
I started to put just a little tiny bit on the bottoms of his feet when just at bedtime and it, it literally cut his time to sleep in half, you know, from sometimes 45 minutes, you know, sometimes as long as an hour, cause it's just brain just keeps going and going. We've tried breath work and visualization and all this stuff. And, and I know that there are so many parents going, Oh yeah, for sure. Me too. You know, kids are just, they're just stimulated. And I just put a little tiny bit on, on the soles of his feet at nighttime and it's like 15 or 20 minutes and he's out. And that I know that he's getting better sleep. I know that he's falling asleep faster and staying asleep. Yeah. Just super awesome. Um, what, what did I not ask that I should have, or what, what do you really feel compelled to share that maybe we didn't talk about? Yeah. Thank you. I think one of the biggest curiosities that people will have is, well, do I take full or do I take broad spectrum? Um, that's a personal decision just because I don't know whether you are wanting THC as a part of your um, health journey or not. And I would tell you if you have any qualms with it, then I would take broad spectrum. But I, I wouldn't tell you that the amounts of THC or I would tell you that the amounts of THC in any of our products are not, you know, psychoactive. They're not built that way. It's, it's not a an elevated enough amount or percentage that you're going to walk away feeling like, oh, I took CBD, now I'm high. CBD is not THC. And so depending upon your personal view on THC, I feel like it's a great part of the orchestra for healing and for holistic you know, health. But at the same time, there are realities like people that get tested because of their job they shouldn't take THC because that's a Delta nine compound and it will show up in a drug test. So mm. again, if you're one of those individuals take broad spectrum because you won't have THC in the product. And if you're really sensitive to that, you can put it topically on and, and not ever have that risk, you know, just because topically it's not going to work into the test where then you show up as somebody that has, you know, Delta nine in your system. So be careful with that just because of your job. I mean, our, our goal is to always make sure that we give enough information to our customers that they're protected in their daily life. And part of that is just giving that, you know, disclaimer that, Hey, full spectrum has THC it's trace amounts, but it is going to be below the 0.3% uh, that's legal. And then on the other side, broad spectrum has zero THC. So I like to really clarify that just so people know. Yeah, that's a good tip. That's a really good tip. Cause I, I mean, I didn't realize the difference. I'm, I'm so excited. I mean, I'm excited that there are companies like yours who are mission driven and purpose driven, who are paying attention to all the little details so that I don't have to <laughs> like the trust that you get from a company like yours is it means a lot to the consumer, you know, um, the, the origins of this podcast with natural stacks, you know, they hung their hat on open source, third-party lab tested, uh, ingredient traceability, all that stuff. And it's like, that means something. It means something that there's not a bunch of extra weird stuff in there and that you can actually test it and, and you can, you know, scan the QR code on the back and and see to the square foot like that blows my mind in and of itself but it, it really does mean something and it, and then to hear you say like yeah we want to be able to use use the byproducts of the processing to you know have that not go to waste you know spoken like a true 
spoken like a true farmer, you know? <laughs> the last question that I have is a fill in the blank question. And I've, I ask everybody this, and, and this can be based on, it doesn't have to be specific to CBD or, or fill in the blank. And you can elaborate as much or as little as you wish. Everyone would benefit from knowing who they are. And I know that's broad. And I know that that takes us into a lot of different thoughts. But what I would tell people is whatever first came into your mind, like, who am I? You know, I think that that's a valuable thing. I think that you're obviously an organism and that organism needs certain things. And I would uh, think that the most exciting journey that all of us have is discovering who that is in terms of how that applies to me, because we're all so unique. And I, I think that that humankind should be celebrated in such a way where we can all be able to learn from one another. Like I, I find so much value in your podcast and in some of these other, you know, mediums where I get my information, but it all is, you know, adding up to who I am. Like, I think one of the things that you said in our first engagement was um, we all stand on the uh, shoulders uh, you know, those before us, or uh, I, I can't remember the exact quote, but ultimately we are a compound of everything that we've experienced, everything that we know, understand. And I do think that the seeking of knowledge is one of the most exciting things that we can be a part of. And then I look at that as an entity. If I'm going to seek knowledge, then that's who I am. Hmm. If I'm going to seek this, that's who I am. And you start to kind of balance those out or harmonize those rather. And you really become somebody who has a very complete life. Hmm. Well said. This has been a really cool conversation, really eye-opening. I, I know that people are vibing with this and I, I really would encourage everybody to try it. I mean, the, the effect is real. It's noticeable. And, uh, it could, it could enhance your life tremendously. So Scott, thank you so much for joining me today on the optimal performance podcast. Thanks, Sean. Really appreciate it.